before I go to the word of the Lord, I'm about to, you can stay standing. I'm going to go to 1 Samuel chapter 15. At the end of service today, you won't be able to do what you normally do. You know what we normally do in church? We normally run to the front, tears in our eyes, hands up, grabbing a hold, praying for everybody, laying hands. Trust me, these hands are warm and ready to lay some hands on some foreheads. They're ready. They are ready. They have not prayed for a head, and except for my wife and myself, that's the only ones. It, they're, they're ready to just grab some wrinkly foreheads and pray. Some oily foreheads. Mess up some hair. Brother Corey, I can't wait to mess your hair up, bro. Man, look at that hairstyle. That is perfect for these hands, right? I can get all up in that hair. I might get stuck. I might have to have a tow truck getting out of that hairstyle. I cannot wait. But we're not going to be able to do that today, are we? Because we're going to have social distancing. So you know what's going to happen when I get done praying? You're going to have to actually do the, work, the will of God. You can't just pray it out. You can't cry it out. You're going to have to obey the word of God. And that's what I'm preaching about today. Is during this time of pandemic, we can't do our normal cry sessions and gather around and weep on each other's shoulders. What do you do when you can't bring all that kind of praise and worship? What do you do when you can't run the aisles and shout all over the place? What do you do when you're Pentecostal? Well, I got an idea. You obey God. You obey the preaching. You do what the Word of God says. That's really what God wants anyway. 1 Samuel chapter 15 and 13. Samuel went to Saul. And Saul said to him, Blessed are you of the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. But Samuel said, Well, then what, what is this I hear, the bleeding of sheep in my ears and, and this lowing of oxen which I hear? These animals should be have killed by now. They should be dead by now. I'm so confused because Samuel, God told you to kill everything in the enemy. Everything. Don't let anything live. But you've kept some stuff and disobeyed God. I don't understand what I'm hearing right now, Saul. But Saul said in verse 15, Then they have brought them to or from the Amalekites for the people spare the best of the sheep and the oxen. Why did they spare all these? They, they spared all these to sacrifice to the Lord your God. Don't be upset. We brought you all these great offerings, these great sacrifices. And the rest we have utterly destroyed. We killed everything else we didn't want. We just brought the good stuff to you. Look at verse 18 now. The Lord sent you on a mission and said, Go, utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are consumed, every one of them, not just part of them. So why did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you swoop down on the spoil and do evil in the sight of the Lord? Why did you do that? You were told specifically what to do. You were told what God wanted, but you brought what you wanted to bring instead of giving what God wanted. And he looks at Samuel and says in verse 20, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and gone on the mission on which the Lord sent me and brought back Agag, king of Amalek, and I've utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took of the plunder, sheep and oxen, the best of things which should have been utterly destroyed, to sacrifice to the Lord your God and Gilgal. So Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? What would God rather have, Saul, for you to bring what you want to bring or for you to do what he said? Good question, huh? Behold, here's the word for today. To obey is better than to bring an offering. It's better. It's not that offerings are bad. It's that obedience is, is better. So, so bring the offering by all means, but, but don't bring it if God said not to bring it. 
don't do it if God said don't do it. Because God would rather you obey what he's asked you to do than to find a new way of serving him. So, for the rebellion in verse 23 is as a sin of witchcraft. Look how serious it is to God that we, we not just bring an offering, but we obey. And stubbornness is as iniquity and, and idolatry. And because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being the king. Everybody say in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated right now. Saul and the, the obviously very influential friends Saul had somehow decided to do what they wanted to do. And there's no doubt, no doubt, no doubt that God loves sacrifice. Y'all know that? We're apostolics. We love to lift our voice in praise. And we call it a sacrifice, don't we? We call it a sacrifice of praise. And for some people, it's more of a sacrifice because some quiet people don't like to lift their voice up in church. And it'd be even more of a sacrifice for some of y'all to lift your voice because you're a quiet type person. We love to come to church and bring a sacrifice and bring an offering. And we love to come to the front and bow a knee and go, God, here you go. Here's a hallelujah. Here's a praise. And we love to do it. We love, we love to use our bobby pins as a sacrifice. We, we, we sling that hair when we're shouting and shoes fly off. And, and here, take my shoe, Jesus. And take my hair, Jesus. And take my shout, Jesus. And, and oh, we're going to run around here and we're going to dance because I want to bring a sacrifice of praise. It's okay. Fine. Good. The Lord loves it whenever you give him praise and you give him a shout and you give him dancing. It's, it's good to do that. It's, it's good even to bring something to the house of God, bring in your gift, bring in your talents, bring in your serving. It's good. Come up here and work. Come up here and mow the ground. It's good. It's good to do these things, but it's better to obey God. There's no doubt that God loves sacrifice. In fact, sacrifice was his idea. He's the one that asked for it. He's the one that wants it. So there's nothing wrong with what we're doing. There's no problem at all. See, how could God not love this incredible gesture of adoration from Saul? You think he'd be like, good job, Saul. You brought the best stuff for God. You think there'd be a celebration. You think that the prophet would have been happy and God would have been happy. I mean, to think a massive number of animals were saved all for God. Surely the Lord would just overlook the disobedience. Surely the Lord would say, no big deal. So I like gifts. You like gifts. Somebody like gifts? We like gifts, right? Don't lie in church. You like gifts. Okay. Don't lie out of church. Let's don't lie anytime. How about that one? <laughs> when I was growing up, people would be like, don't say that word in the church. You say it in the parking lot? God's like, can't hear you. You're not in church. <laughs> but I don't know why we do that. But don't lie. Don't, don't say those words anywhere. I love good gifts. You do too. We love them. There's thing about giving though. Um, you kind of want to give something people want. Not something they don't want. If I know that you don't, like sports, why would I buy you a basketball? It's kind of rude, isn't it? So when it comes to giving in my family, uh, I, I grew up where my mom and my dad, they taught me to be happy with whatever I got from anybody. And you know, there was a culture, I guess people grew up more poor, more poor and less spoiled, where back in the day when you got a gift, it meant something. But these days, you might have four of them and let's be honest, there ain't nothing going to be better than an Xbox for a 16-year-old or a 15-year-old boy. So it doesn't matter what you give kids these days, they're angry. If it's not an iPhone 10 or 11, they're, they're angry at you, right? 
So you might as well do, I'm going to tell all y'all right now, if you don't get your kid a nice phone, a teenager, for Christmas, they ain't going to be happy. Doesn't matter what you give them, most kids these days, they have to have that one thing because it will satisfy their time all day long. And so we're living in a day now where people don't get happy when they get a gift, but there was a time when you got whoopings if you didn't say thank you after getting a gift. I got whoopings at Christmas. It's a Christmas. Jesus is in the manger. And I'm over here and Jesus is looking at me in the manger like, what? And I'm getting a whooping. Why? Because, because my parents taught me that you're supposed to be happy when you get a gift, but even if I don't want it, I don't like that shirt, Grandma. Why do grandmas buy shirts for their boys, their, their, their uh, grand, grandsons? Why? Do they have styles still at 80? I mean, I don't, I mean maybe they do. I don't, uh, bell bottoms? Are you serious? It's, it's 1995, you know? Bell bottoms? I remember my grandma would give me, she didn't have a whole lot. I'm thankful for the gifts now because I, I was immature then. I'm thankful now she gave me, she, was, she didn't have any money. So she would just get anything. I'm pretty sure it, it was left over from something they gave to her or my grandpa worked at Walgreens and probably got it on half off or something. So I, I don't know, but I got the weirdest Christmas gifts and I never looked forward to them, ever, <laughs> ever. Because you're a kid, man. You want like a, a remote control truck. You don't want a, a, a little tiny pocket knife with your initials in it. You know, like what I'm going to do, I'm, I'm going to hurt myself with that, you know? Uh, so when, you're, when we were growing up, my family taught me just to take the gift. And I think there's a part of it that makes you want to pick a gift out because it's fun to buy things for people. Isn't it fun to buy things for people? I like buying stuff for people because it's almost like I'm getting to buy it. But then you got to give it away. So it's like, yeah. But it's fun to go shopping for somebody else. It's fun. You know why it's fun to go get something to give away? Because it's what you think they want. Oh, oh, it's about what you think they want. You see, it's not as much fun if you ask them what they want because then, eh, okay, I'll go get it. So what really is going to make the person happy is what they want to get. That's why my wife and I have resorted to just give cash for things from now on because you know what I've learned? People always take your cash, always. I'm sorry, I didn't have time to go get that birthday gift. I brought you $100. Is that all? Oh, absolutely, that's fine. No, you're good. We're still friends. You're good. Okay, all of y'all that do registries for weddings and babies, I got a tip for you. Put a $100 bill on there, $100 bill. Because there's about 30% of our population does not have time to go to Target for you. They will bring you cash. They will bring you cash money, and you can go buy whatever you want for your birthday. I don't buy stuff for my wife. Really, I, I ask her what she wants, and I go get it for her. Because I'm not going to go look for the blender. There's a million models, colors, and go get one and then let her go, that's not the one I, I really, I just, I was just in line at Bed Bath & Beyond for Bed, for Beyond, for Bed Bath & Beyond. I was in line for Beyond, like forever. And, and I went and got that, and you don't want that gift? No, that don't happen in the green home no more, no way. We don't act that way. I say, children, tell me what you want. There you go. That's what you're going to get, that right there. That, you're done. It's going to be in the mail in about three days. It'll be here. Two, one, if you live in Austin, Amazon, when this is all over. One day, it's going to be here. Sometimes the same day. Those are the good days, back before everything changed. Boy, I could, get, I could order something at 9 and be there at 3. We are spoiled. We are spoiled. So I ask them what they want because you know what? I want them to be happy. And so my goal is not to get something I think they would like. My goal is to find out what they want and supply what they want. Because if you love somebody, you don't give because it's fun for you to give. You give because it's fun for them to receive. 
Giving is not about me, it's about them. So I like gifts, but we've learned to evolve in, in this day and hour. You know, giving is a good thing, but, but giving what's asked for is so much better. You know, doing the dishes is great. It's great, but if your wife asks you to do laundry, you know, here's what we do as guys. I'm going to tell you a tip for some of y'all. This is what we do as guys. Wives, I'm going to let you know what's up, okay? Here's what we do. Y'all have heard it all the time. Babe, can you do the dishes for me? Oh, I just got done mowing the yard. I didn't ask you to mow the yard. It wasn't even that, it wasn't even that tall. I know, but I sacrificed for you. I mowed the yard for you. How many of y'all, y'all know y'all done those before. I just worked all day for you. No, you did it for your bass boat. You did it for your big screen TV. Quit acting like everything you get is for your wife. You know you're lying. We all know you're lying. You did it for the truck wheels. You did it because you wanted a new tool. I just sacrificed all day for you. I can't do nothing else for you. Y'all know how we are. We try to get out of what they want us to do by offering something we already did. We offer convenience instead of what they've asked for. Because we really don't understand the concept of relationship. Relationship is not when you give what you want to give. It's what you give what they want you to give. It's considering the other person over your own needs and desires. Hey, you know what? What you want from the uh, restaurant? I want a hamburger. Cool, here's a hot dog. I mean, I'm glad you got me the hot dog, but I'm also now mad at you that you didn't bring the hamburger. Talk about an awkward feeling when someone shows up with something opposite than what you asked for. You hate hot dogs, but they brought it to you. You're like, thanks. That's so good. Thank you so much, you know. I mean, it's so awkward whenever you do something good, but it's not right. It's kind of like the way we, we will worship God and not do the other 45 scriptures he's asked us to do. It's kind of like, but God, I praised you on Sunday. Can I have Monday off? Oh, you want me to live this every day? Tell you what, I'll give you Sunday. How about that? Oh, you want me to be good to my neighbor tomorrow? No, how about this? I was good to people at church yesterday. That's my sacrifice. So the temptation is for us to take the good things we do because we want to do them, because they're easy to do, and exchange them for what God's asked us to do. And this is what's happening in our text. Saul decided that he would ignore what God commanded because he was still going to give to God. His sacrifice wouldn't be acceptable to God, not because God doesn't want a sacrifice, but rather because obedience will always be better than sacrifice. Giving God what he asks for will always outweigh giving God what you think's best to give to God. You know, when God made Adam and Eve, they were told, don't eat of the forbidden fruit. This tree, knowledge of good and, knowledge of good and evil, is off limits to you. They were given a commandment, but then they disobeyed. What did God do when they disobeyed? He took an animal, killed it, and covered them because of disobedience. The first sacrifice in the Bible was only in existence because of what? Because of disobedience. 
God's original plan was never for us to have to bring a sacrifice in place of our obedience. God's original plan for you and I was always to do what he said the first time so that you don't need to bring a sacrifice to cover up what you have not been doing right. And too many Christian folks are covering up what they don't do right with a Sunday and a Wednesday night. We're trying to cry it out, weep it out, get on the altar and have this moment of emotion and we say, God, this is my love for you. And God's looking down here going, I didn't ask you to do that. I asked you to serve. I asked you to forgive. I asked you to love. If you would obey me in the first place, you would not have to bring a sacrifice. Originally, God did not want sacrifice. He simply wanted obedience. And he still does today. Here's the reason the only, here's the reason the only thing that God wanted from Adam and Eve was a relationship. And you can't get relationship by slapping somebody and bringing them flowers. Sounds like some Christian people I know. Slapping Jesus all around Monday through Saturday. Bringing them flowers on Sunday. Here, Jesus. This is going to make up for my disobedience, right? Here's my gift. Here, Lord, I'm here. I'm sweeping the church. Who cares if I'm beating my wife? Oh, I'm sweeping the church. Who cares if I'm cussing everybody out at work? I'm sweeping the church. I'm going to make up for all the things I disobeyed you in all week. Pastor, I, I paid my tithes. I can do what I want. I've already covered this disobedience. Sacrifice is not the best. Obedience is. Doing what God asks you to do takes away the need for you to live a perpetual roller coaster of relationship with God to where one minute you're up and one minute you're down, one minute you're feeling good and one you're, you're condemned again. You see, the sacrifice lifestyle of Christianity is not good for you because you're never ever living on top and victorious. You're always trying to make up for a false lifestyle, a fake hypocritical lifestyle, but obedience frees you and makes you free and victorious to where every day you know that your God is pleased with your lifestyle. There's no need for you to have to run to the altar, throw in your CDs and cigarettes every week. When you've learned to obey Him, you don't have to always run and weep at the altar. Well, when I was growing up, we thought that real worship was bringing our CDs to God. I had bad music, Jesus. Here you go. Bad music bad music and the Holy Ghost would move and I'd be up at the front da 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 take the CD oh God take my cassettes oh God new kids on the block you can have it you can have it Jesus they ain't Christian they got hairstyles like Corey there ain't no way there ain't no way they ain't Christian they got that new worldly hairstyle Corey back in the day that would have been a sin it's not anymore you're okay if you'd have died 30 years ago, you went to hell, but right now you're still okay, buddy, all right? That's old kids on the block right there, but I'm telling you right now. <laughs> that hairstyle been around a long time. Man, they had all them crazy holes in their jeans, and they sang songs about, I don't even know now, I don't even know what songs they sang. But new kids on the block would come rolling in, and I'd have to take that cassette down there at youth camp. I'd throw it on the altar, and I'd be like, Lord, this is my heart of worship. And then I'd be in, uh, I'd be in Hastings. That sounds weird. <laughs> What's Hastings? <laughs> it's this old store where you went to buy music. You didn't have to just push a button on your phone. You had to go into a store and buy a music. Yeah. So I would go into Hastings and I'd be like, oh, 
devil get thee. Okay, I'm getting the next. And then there I was again at the altar the next weekend, the next youth camp, throwing away another CD, another, another tape. And you know what? I lived my whole youth going to church, sacrificing, but never being happy, never being fulfilled. Because I didn't want to obey God, I had to make up for it with sacrifice. I felt like I had to run the miles a little extra because I knew when I left that place, I wasn't going to break up with that girl. You see, we think God is tricked by saying, Lord, I thought about you when I did that. Now, you know I love you, right? And God's going, I didn't ask for that. I asked you to do 45 other things. This one thing you think is special is good, but it's not better. I don't want your sacrifice if you're disobedient. I want you to put the sacrifice on hold until you make some changes in your life. Until you get up out of the church and you make some changes. I don't need all the extra worship. Because that's not the best thing to bring me. So, in our text we find out that, that he wants to do things his way. And he breaks this relationship like Adam and Eve. Like Adam and Eve, the relationship was broken. Because we're going to do it our way and then make up for it later. The relationship was like all relationships. It hinges on the ability to not offend each other all the time. And too many marriages and relationships are simply hurting someone and making up all the time. Hurting someone, making up. Hurting someone, here, I'm going to hurt you and go buy you something. How many men out there do this? They offend their wives and go buy them a new ring. Thanks, baby, I forgive you. They offend their wives and buy them a car. Thanks, babe, that car is nice. They offend their wives and they go get... You know why they do that? Because it's better than actually being a good man. It's easier, I should say. So what we do in relationships is we never give in to the person to what they want. We just give things we think that will cover what we're doing wrong. And this is the, this is the style of worship that has gotten into the 2020 current day church. Is we don't want to obey every scripture. We just want to take a few out that we can do and say, here you go, God. I did it. Now give me a pass on all the other ones you've asked me to do. No wonder there'll be people one day at judgment that say, I don't understand, Lord, I wasn't saved. I thought I did all these things in your name. I thought I raised the dead. I thought I, oh, you did. That was good. That was great. But there's other things he didn't do. So too many people, I believe, are so emotionally drunk with this moment of release in God's presence to think that God's going, now you're my beloved servant because you know how to sacrifice. This is the problem with this relationship. You see, sacrifice is only necessary because of man's lack of obedience. It's great, it's powerful, but, but it's what they did to fix the thing they did wrong. Sacrifice is what you do when you're not living right. It's a makeup. It's, it's simply the apology. It's not the change. It's not the real love. It's just the way to get back into their good graces. This is why this type of worship isn't the best and God is not asking for it because it's not really what he wants deep down. He wants us to be in complete submission to him. Obedience is even greater and more powerful because it keeps you from making the error in the first place. If you obey, you'll never have to have a sacrifice. Sacrifice versus obedience. Listen to this. Sacrifice 
is when you give to get out of debt. But obedience is when you give to stay out of debt. Big difference. Sacrifice, it can get you out. Obedience can keep you from getting in. Sacrifice doesn't want to offend, but obedience doesn't want to do the offending. Sacrifice considers ourselves. What do we want to bring? Obedience considers God. What does he want me to bring? Sacrifice gives it up to God. But I love this one. Obedience gives in to God. Do you have a give up kind of worship or a give in kind of worship? I've come to preach to people right now that God wants a give in worship, not a give up worship. Who am I talking to right now that you've been living far too long on the wrong side of worship? God likes to give up, but he'd rather have to give in. And what really pleases him and makes heaven rejoice is not when you shout, but when one sinner comes to repentance. Heaven doesn't shout when you shout. Heaven shouts when you change. Heaven shouts when you obey. Heaven shouts when you do the thing you don't want to do because God called you to do it. That's what moves heaven. The Lord sent me here to tell every one of you that you'll never have peace with God until you learn to give in to God. You know what we want to feel when we come to church? We want to feel a peace when we get done, don't we? We want to feel release. And how many times have I felt that release? For a few hours. But I didn't feel it the next day. But I had some awesome Sunday nights growing up in church. Awesome Sunday nights. Sunday nights where I'd be drunk in the Holy Ghost for hours with no intention of really getting up the next day and quitting that school sport. Because I was hoping the longer I talk in tongues and the longer I lay on the, on the floor, the more God will just look over the fact that I won't break up with that worldly girl. Lord, you know last night I gave you everything. And the Lord's going, no, it's Monday. This is your chance to really worship me. The best worship for Pentecostals is not in our buildings. The best worship is every single minute of the day. Loving your neighbor, praying, fasting. This is what moves God's heart more than your tears and your bowed down knee. God wants to see you read a word and say, yes, God, here am I. I will go. Nothing moves God's heart better than a submissive, obedient vessel that reads the scriptures and applies it to their life. Nothing does. Peace does not come through proposition. I have a proposition for you, God. I propose I give this to you. Peace comes through application. When you apply what you've been taught. You should never feel good walking out of church with no intention to change. Never. I'm not going to make you feel better about that. The Holy Ghost won't make you feel better about that. For too long, people have ran to an altar and they've weeped and they thought that meant they were different, but that's not the same thing as changing. That feels good. God loves that. But it's different when you mark it down on your calendar and say, today is the day I will make a change. I'll remove this out of my life. Today is the day I love my wife. Today is the day I love my husband. Today's the day I forgive that person. That is the kind of altar call that we need. And before the Lord comes back, 
back. Oh God, transform this church to more than tears and get into action and obedience. Today, many of us have to change the way we, we close service out. We won't get to go to the front and huddle up and pray and talk in tongues like we always do. We won't get to get down here and bow our knee and, and go through the symbol of religiosity. You won't be able to just move that check mark on your heart saying, you're good, you can go home and sin now. Can't do that anymore. And I think it's good for a season. I think it's good that God has put that out. You know why? Because so many of us have taken sacrifice to mean that it's obedience, and it's not. And the church needs to learn there's a difference between what you want to bring and what God has asked for. We won't be able to bow down, run. We won't be able to get that familiar feeling of closure after hearing God's word. What do you do? The, pre the preacher preached this stirring word. How do, I, well, how do I respond? What do I do? I feel like I have to go uh, touch something or lay down on the ground or, or weep. I don't know what to do, Pastor. I, I just sit here? No, you don't just sit there. You make your mind up. That this is the day I will worship him with the best worship. This is the day I will take the scriptures and walk out that door and get in my car and change the radio to Christian and go home and change that TV station and get rid of that mess. Today's the day you worship him with more than tears, but with submission. The best sacrifice is walking out of those doors today with your mind made up. I'm going to be this, live this every day. I'm going to fast every week. I'm going to pray every morning. I'm going to love my neighbor. I'm going to love them. I'm going to bless them. I'm going to be a giver. That's what the best worship is. That's what makes God go, thank you. If you want to find some sense of peace today, forgive people. Because the Bible has commanded you to. I preach on forgiveness and everybody goes to the altar. I didn't say, I didn't say go to the altar. I, I said forgive people. How many times has a preacher preached about forgiveness and I said, that's right preacher. Whoa, I'm coming down here. Oh God, we need forgiveness. That's easy, isn't it? Isn't that easy to do? Because you know what I've never ever seen? I've never seen somebody walk across the church during altar call. and say right now, right here, I'm going to change. I've had spirit problems, been wrong with you, right here, right now, it's over with. That's the best worship. The best worship is not coming down here and being like, oh God, I, I just, I need to be different. The best worship is get your phone out right now and text them and say, we've got to talk. We've got to talk. I've got to obey God. That's what moves God and that's what lifts the load off of your, your chest, your pressure to do it feels so much better than to pray about it. It's better. If you want to have a sense of peace today before you leave the service, be a giver. Don't be selfish. It's the key to everything, Christian. Be a giver. You will feel a sense of peace and victory. If you want to have peace, pray daily. Don't just pray at the altar. Pray daily. You know why you have to come up here and weep on Sunday? Because you don't weep on Monday. If you weep till Monday, you can shout on Sunday. But because we never get this out during the weekdays, we're not submissive during the weekdays, we come in here and squall and cry and have a preacher pray us through once a week. Do you know why we have that culture? Because we're not obedient. If you want to have peace today after this service, anger and sin not, you'll feel some peace. 
Put God first, others second, yourself last. Love people, be merciful, be a hard worker. You want to feel good? Realize that God wants your obedience more than your creative ways of serving him. The church today has found so many ways to worship him. You know, there's a lot of cool things out there. If you want to be a worship leader, you can be a painter on the platform. I've seen the videos. I've seen people paint for Jesus. Have any of y'all seen them videos before? They sit down Indian style and they paint as the Spirit leads them. It looks like Picasso. It looks like abstract art. Nobody has a clue what's going on. But, but we have a culture now where everything's worship arts. Worship's not an art. Worship's a lifestyle. Art is a specialty niche. Worship art suggests that you have to be a certain talent to do it. That's not worship. Worship is not an art. Worship's for everybody. Worship is daily. Worship's not something pretty and creative. It's ugly. It's nasty. It's hard. It's dirty. All these big churches today running around dancing in pretty clothes. This is my worship, God. But when's the last time you prayed and fasted for seven days? That's what God wants. That's better than all that praise, dancing, and art. That's real worship. God, bring us back to real worship. God would rather you be obedient than sing good. He'd rather you be obedient than preach good, teach good. He'd rather you be obedient than praise good. He'd rather you be obedient than show up on work days and clean up the church. Because there are people that will never pray, never fast, never treat their neighbor good, never forgive, but they don't mind mowing the yard. Because as they're mowing, they're going, I hope this buys me some time to get into heaven. Lord, have mercy. You know my anger's got, oh, I'm about to beat everybody up, but I'm going to mow for Jesus. <laughs> the grass that you cut does not cover the way you live. We're thankful for it. I hope, you, I hope I don't lose all the grass, people. I hope you keep doing it. But can I tell you right now that you cannot cover up disobedience with serving in the kingdom. You'll never feel that peace. So I'm done and I'm closing. Ladies and gentlemen, I submit to you today, very importantly, very soberly, that God knows what's best for us. And it takes more faith to obey than to sacrifice. Because to obey God is the trust that he knows what's best for you. And here's why it's hard. Because there's some things we don't understand why we do them. But just God told us to. God knows what's best for you and for me. And this is why obedience is the climax of faith. Because to obey him is to say, you're the God, I'm not. To really see God as king is to submit to him. Even when you don't understand, you still do it. So here's how we're going to close right now. You have your area right here to pray where you are. But you know what you can't do right now? You can't do anything except this prayer. A yes, Lord, prayer. <laughs> you call me, I'll go. You speak to me, I'll work. 
if I read it in my Bible, I will apply it. To, and this is the best way to close out the service, every service. Whether you're in your pew or you're at the front of church, uh, this should be your prayer every service. God, don't let me just weep it out. Uh, let me give in. Don't let me just give it up. Uh, let me give in to it. Uh, your prayer right now should not be a give up prayer. It should be a give in prayer. It should be a yes prayer. It should be a you got me prayer. It should be yes to the Lord right now. I will go. I will work. I will apply it. Someone get your spiritual calendar out and mark down how you're going to live for God every day after this sermon. God, you've got my heart. You've got my mouth. You've got my addictions. You've got my diets. You've got everything, Lord. I will be obedient to you from now on. Hear the word, but don't just be a hearer of the word. Be a doer of the word. I want you to stand your feet all across this place right where you are. Lift up your hands. I want you to make your mind up right now in the name of Jesus Christ that we will bring a worship that pleases God today. And that worship right now needs to be your intention to submit to him. Your intention to follow the scriptures. I know right now you want to cover it up with just some pretty prayer. But you know what? What will really move heaven and earth, what will really shake this building, is when God sees in your heart that you are finally serious to submit to him. That will break a revival open. That will send miracles, signs, and wonders. When the Holy Ghost can feel that you're serious and ready. Oh, we've got a mighty army being built right now. Lord, do you see these people? They are going to be submissive, obedient, powerful people. Do you want to feel a release right now of condemnation? You can have it right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Will you submit to God's ways? Be no more condemned. Be no more in darkness, no more confused. I've come to preach today that God does not want a pretty smile and a hand in the air more than he wants your mind made up that from now on I belong to you, Jesus. Woo! Speak to us, Holy Ghost, right now. If you're making your mind up, I'm telling you the power of the Holy Ghost is going to come. That's why the Bible says that you don't get the Holy Ghost when you praise Him. You get the Holy Ghost when you repent. You don't get the Holy Ghost when you lift up a sacrifice. You get the Holy Ghost when you give your heart to God. If you want the Holy Ghost to move in your home, in this church, i got a word for you. Stop giving all the stuff God had asked for and give Him what He has asked for. Yeah, Jesus. God, there's scriptures I have not given into yet because I keep giving it covered up by my give up, God. But I want to have a give-in today, Jesus. I want to have a give-in worship. I want to have a give-in altar call. I want to have a give-in spirit, God. Oh, God, I'm going to tell everybody about you. That's fine, but you still won't do certain things. Oh, God, help us right now feel that liberty and peace. Before I leave this place today, I want people, everybody, hear me. You can leave this place today with peace and a sense of accomplishment if you can make your mind up what you're going to do when you walk out those back doors. Some of you already see yourself changing that radio station. You see yourself talking to your kids different. You see yourself treating people at work different. You see that in your spirit right now and I'm telling you now you can be relieved of that condemnation now you can begin to feel that peace as soon as you accomplish the will of God a lifting shall come off of you a light from heaven shall shine on you and God will say I have blessed you I am for you I am with you 
You can have the choice right now, ladies and gentlemen, to be the Saul or the David in the story. But be the man after God's own heart. Not after your own agendas. If God says kill it all, doesn't matter how much you like it. Kill it all. If God says get rid of it all, get rid of it all. Because this is what God calls worship. This is what God calls an offering that's reasonable. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourselves, your bodies, a living sacrifice. That you present your body a living sacrifice. Right now, that's what we're doing. We're not offering God just our CDs. We're offering God our desire to listen to that music. We're offering God our heart of change. Not just bringing little things we want to get rid of, left over from the garage sale, but things that he's asked for the first of the flock, all of the thing that's supposed to die. This pleases God. This moves heaven. This makes angels rejoice. And this is real, pure praise and worship. 30 seconds now before we dismiss this place, let's lift our voices up right now. And let's tell God some things. God, I'm making changes. God, I say yes. Find the words to say right now. I say yes. I'm saying no and I'm substituting too much. I say yes. I've traded too many good things in. I've traded too many good things in for better things I could have had in the name of Jesus. I say that's my spirit. That's the spirit of this church. I say yes. I say yes. This is the best sacrifice, Jesus. Woo. Thank you, God, for your word today. If you want to feel some peace in your spirit, go home and treat people differently. If you want to feel a release in your home, go home and live righteously. If you want to walk out of here today and feel that everlasting power, then walk in God's statutes and laws daily. You don't have to have a recurring back and forth with God, crying your eyes out. I thank you, God, for your word today. You have our hearts, God. You have our characteristics. You have our behavior. We give it all to you. Every day when people are around or they're not around, we give it all to you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Everybody say in Jesus' name. Some of you that don't feel your peace, you're going to feel it. As soon as you get out of here and you get in your car and you feel like getting angry again, shut it down. You'll feel your peace coming. As soon as you get home and you normally live this way, you're going to live this way, you're going to feel your peace coming. The Holy Ghost is going to move in your home. God's presence is going to flow. Just like you feel in the altar calls, you can feel every day living in obedience to Christ. We love you all. On behalf of my wife and I and our family, happy Mother's Day. Go cook your wife a big old steak if they didn't run out of meat at HEB. If not, get them a vegan burger and have a good time this afternoon. Honor the moms. Take care of them. It's good to see all of you. To our online people out there, thank you for joining. God bless you. Be safe out there. And we'll see you Wednesday night for our next service. We love you all. God bless you.